The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Cam Newton to the Patriots and the NBA restart. What's Zion looking like? I've been a little hard on him. Is he looking good? And we're going to talk about other stuff. We're going to make this this episode of the Functional Sportsaholic. We're going to make this as COVID-free as we can possibly make it. I'm challenging Sam, but really I'm challenging myself not to bring it up and get pissed. But uh, <laughs> that uh, that brings me to the introduction, I guess. Sam, how are you doing today? What's up, brother? Just get ready for this uh, long weekend, you know. Um, long should... weekend of, of, it's still a little bit different, but, you know. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's, but it's nice to have a day off of work, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, again, not to not to go down the rabbit hole here, but um, this is a different July Fourth for a lot of us. Um, actually, we were just kind of planning on at the at at the house here. We were planning on what to do. Like, what do we want to do um, for food? What do we want to do for festivities? And basically, we're just going to be our family unit here. That's all we're going to do, as far as I know. I mean, I guess things could always shift a little bit, but yeah, it's not like we're going to parades or anything like that. So um, that's where we're at. And then I also have a personal story that I'm going to add to the end of this episode. Sam, I've been keeping, I've been giving you the daily updates, and I think it's high time that we update our audience on the very personal and disgusting matter. But that's going to be at the end of the show. So there's a little tease for you. Um, Sam, why don't we start the, the, this episode off, um, this COVID-free episode, um, to the extent that we can, because it is a, a valid storyline and a lot. Um, Cam Newton to the New England Patriots, dude. Uh, initial impressions from you? Um, a little shocked, um, but I know they they're a uh, little thin at the, uh, uh, the quarterback, quarterback position. My, I know they they drafted that that uh, Stidham guy it, last Stidham, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, he's still you know super green. So um, and they you know they look like they still want to be somewhat relevant. So. And Cam's hungry, so, you know, I'm not the biggest Cam Newton uh, fan out there, but uh, he, you know, he's he gives you a chance. So, at least, you know, makes him relevant. Uh, yeah. Somewhat, you know. um, I forgot, before my analysis, I completely whiffed on this. What an idiot. Um, the 2020 Fantasy Football Almanac Draft Guide. The Labor Segway. of Love, the 2020 Fantasy Football Almanac and Draft Guide. Better sleepers, math-driven, um, the most up-to-date guide on Amazon, available on Amazon. Click the link below. Uh, my my update for Cam Newton is probably going to be out shortly after this episode. So why don't you just go down, check it out, um, and it will be in print. Most up-to-date, better sleepers than anybody, uh, better draft tiers than anybody, better draft strategy than everybody. Um, people who buy the book, uh, they never buy another book and rely on it again. Seriously. Uh, you can see, you can read the comments in Amazon. That's legitimately what other people are saying. So uh, check that out. I think it's well worth the time if you enjoy playing fantasy football. Now, Cam Newton, so <laughs> that's you know a little segue here to, to fantasy football. I see all the people um, you know that I follow on Twitter, the big kind of fantasy football people. You know, there are a few of us that sell books and all this stuff. All I'm seeing from, anal- from analysts um, is the hype is oh this makes this makes New England a Super Bowl threat. Um what did New England add to the receiving core? <laughs> you know, that was the issue last year. They had no downfield right. separation. Like I think people I was talking to to Brad on the Get Paid podcast about this earlier when we were kind of going through the the analysis of it, but I said, you know, look, Cam Newton, this could work out. Don't get me wrong. Um and I'm just kind of 
at this point, the lone voice saying, I don't really think it is going to work out. Um, right. At least not the way that we think. I actually think it's a brilliant signing, and I'll talk about that in a bit. But I think the reality here is that everybody's thinking that Cam Newton is 2015 Cam Newton. Man, these players age in dog years. That was five years ago. I mean, it might as well have been 10 or 15. He had a he had a great season in 2015. In 20, because um, he didn't really play last year. In 2018, he completed 67.9% of his passes to, you know, basically Christian McCaffrey um, and maybe a little bit of DJ Moore in his rookie year. But, you know, that's why I think that the 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 projections here, to me, are all over the map. And I'm asking everybody to pump the damn brakes because, first of all, everybody was hating on Tom Brady last year. He puts up 4,000 yards on a team with nobody who could separate. I'm talking like they had Julian Edelman and nobody else other than maybe James White. They had no downfield separation. They had nothing at right. tight end. They had no either slot receiver, Philip Dorsett, maybe had one or two decent games. Mohamed Sanu, don't get me wrong, I like the guy, but comes over midway through the season. It's it's tough to acclimate to the offense. And that's another storyline here. Is there ha- When was the last time a starting quarterback got signed in late June? You yeah. know? Like, he he's just now getting what is supposed to be one of the most complicated playbooks in the NFL and he's mm-hmm. going to immediately start and take this team to a Super Bowl? When Tom Brady, who was still, I know people are hating on him, but he was still playing at a pretty high level last year. Right. This wasn't a Tom Brady issue. This was a, a New England Patriot offense had no separation, and their offensive line was decimated before the regular season. Right. I'm sorry. I just Yeah, and don't... they haven't done anything to, uh, to fix so, that Yeah, up. yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit of uh, residual health, but for the most right. part— this is going to be the same team. You lose a couple of pieces defensively. And as we saw with the Bears from 2018 going to 2019, it's hard to be play at that elite level. I mean, that super top-tier, top-level, intimidating, stifling defense multiple years in a row. A lot of things have to break right. Um, I'm sorry. I, I do not think that this is a scenario where it's a slam dunk that Cam Newton's going to start. I think that Jared Stidham opens training camp as the starter. And I think it's Jared Stidham's job to lose. He's been in the system for a year. And, um, you know, he didn't look particularly great when he played, but he knows the offense. And as I told Brad, Sam, as I told Brad on the Get Paid podcast, Bill Belichick, right, famously doesn't like, you know, showboating players. And I'm not even mm-hmm. going to go into that side of it. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. But um, Bill Belichick, remember Drew, Bled- uh, Drew Bledsoe, when he had his like kidney lacerated or whatever horrific injury he had all those years ago, 20 years ago, Trip Bledsoe was on an arguable, back then, arguable career path that if he put another four to five really strong seasons behind him, could have been a Hall of Fame quarterback. He had taken the Patriots to Super Bowl, a couple of deep runs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, you know, gunslinger kind of downfield. At, at that point, if he never gets hurt, and takes the Patriots to two or three Super Bowls like Tom Brady did early in his career. It's a Hall of Fame career, okay? And the Patriots benched him because a second-year player, an unknown second-year player in Tom Brady, could execute the offense. Do you think for a second that if Jared Stidham is passing the ball better in training camp after having a full season in this um, playbook, do you think for a second that Bill Belichick won't play Jared Stidham because he's going to be a slave to this Cam Newton hype? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, no, he doesn't care. And plus, it's not like they're paying 
cam that much it's an incentive laden uh, laden deal mm-hmm. so um it's just a little surprising me that they brought him in because i don't know how cam's gonna do if that is the case you know um and i guess they could just ship him anyways they could yeah. just cut him um but so you know i hope i hope if stidham gets the start you know the fans give him a little bit of leeway um mm-hmm. because you know how it is. You have another guy behind you. Yeah. Grass is always greener type of thing, and people are going to start saying, "Ooh, we got Cam Newton on this team. Yeah, and we're not yeah. playing, you know, and then, you know, not that Belichick's going to listen to that, but, you know, it's just tough for a, tough for a second-year guy to, to it, try to maneuver through all that with a big, you know, cloud right. over his shoulder, you know. So. And I, so I mentioned Bledsoe to Brady, right? And um, the difference mm-hmm. is Tom Brady won a lot of games while Bledsoe was out. Right. And, I, and this, I believe the same thing happened with Romo and Bledsoe, uh, with Romo, you know, being, and then it was the same thing happened with Dak Prescott and Romo. You know, mm-hmm. when, it, it, at that point, it's easier for the coach to make that switch to go to the future because they have a body of proven work like a half season. So the fans are already behind them. And, you know, the, right. the, somebody said, you know, the most popular you know, player on everybody's roster is the backup quarterback for, for most of the teams in the league. Right. Um, because of that, but Jaredston does not have that body of work. So you're right. The the fans are going to be a little bit quicker. Not that Belichick's going to care about that, but mentally Jared Stidham, it could have impact Stidham's mental. Right. Um, now, right. you know, I, I've given you some reasons, um, that this won't work. Um, and I, and I'm telling you, this is a 50, 50 training camp battle at quarterback. It just is, okay? And if you're there thinking that Cam Newton is definitely going to lock this thing down, I'm sorry, Cam Newton's a 59.6 career passer. The New England Patriots want to play a precision-type offense. If we get the Cam Newton that played in 2018 when he was dishing the ball off to Christian McCaffrey, which he can do to James White, um, you know, working a little bit to tight ends. They drafted a couple tight ends, um, that kind of stuff. And he and Cam Newton never really had great receivers. You know, he had a few years with Steve Smith. Um, you know, uh, Kelvin Benjamin was okay for a couple of years, but Cam Newton, you know, has a career um, history of not having, you know, wide receivers at excel. So there's some familiarity. Like there is some translation. Don't get me wrong, but this is a training camp battle. And you know, for people that are like going to uh, to you know to the casinos and you know taking out bets on the Patriots to win the Super Bowl because of Cam Newton, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't see it. Now, let me tell you why it could work. I just mentioned kind of the, the dish-off year um, when Carolina was like, oh, Cam Newton's getting a little bit dinged up. He's a little bit older. Um, something to think about is Bill Belichick is very aware, and um, and Jeff McDaniels, they're very aware of the shift towards mobile quarterbacks and how difficult it is to prepare for them defensively, Right. Lamar Jackson embarrassed the Patriots last year, um, but Cam Newton's not Lamar Jackson. He's not gonna he's not gonna run a four two and run past your safeties and cornerbacks. He's not Patrick Mahomes where he's slippery and he he gets away and works the or Aaron Rodgers. You know they 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 or even Russell Wilson. You know they slip out, they kind of roll out and they hit a guy 30, 40 yards. That's not really Cam Newton's game either. Cam Newton's running style is more like kind of old school kind of option Bear Bryant offense option. I'm gonna run over your your middle linebacker. Um, and I don't think he's that right. player anymore because he's getting older. And if he does try to be that player, just look, this is genetics, guys. I mean, you get older and you get hurt more. Um, right. That's why Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, he's dinged up all the time. He's a little bit more of a physical quarterback. Um, 
But, you know, that's a nice floor, I guess. Ben Roethlisberger's injury possibility. Mm -hmm. But what I really think this is going to be, when I saw this, my initial impressions, again, I know know I'm like the only person saying this, is you remember a few years ago, Sam, the New England Patriots signed Tim Tebow? You remember that? Yeah. And it was very similar. It was like a one-year deal where if they didn't want to deal with the media circus, um, they can just ditch him and it wouldn't be a big deal. Tim Mm -hmm. Tebow running and running with the shirt off around the fence so the reporters could take a nice pick of him in the rain with the shirt right. off and all that. Right? right. Like it, it just didn't work. Um, but I've always said, I'm, I'm sure I've said on this show, I've always said if Tebow wanted to be like Taysom Hill in new Orleans and be that quarterback that you bring in for awful mismatches on third and fourth and one or third and fourth and goal, he mm-hmm. would be, seriously, he could carve out a hall of fame career. Just being that guy five yards and in, um, in tough situations, get me a tough yard. Like, there's a role on a team for that. I've been saying for years that teams yeah. should be trying to sign Tebow specifically, if for no other reason, for a quarterback snake. Because thir- situational football, third and one, fourth and one, you need to be able to get that yard, and Tim Tebow can get you a yard. Cam Newton can get you a yard. And so I thought that this signing to me, I think it's Stidham's job to lose. I think Stidham will open the season as a starter. I do think he's going to have a better grasp of the playbook. I think he's going to be more of a precision passer, make better decisions. Whether or not he finishes the season as a starter, I don't know. But I think we're going to see Jared Stidham. And I think in third and one situations, Cam Newton, fourth and one situations, Cam Newton comes in and they play a little bit of option. They play a little bit of read option. Um, Cam Newton's good enough to hit a tight end five yards down the field if he's open. Cam Newton's good enough to roll out and healthy enough right now to roll out and either run for a yard and run some run like a nickel cornerback over and get that yard. He's good enough in, in you know, fourth and goal from the two yard line to do this thing. I think he's gonna be a situation an, an, a nightmare situational quarterback. I think this is exactly what the NFL has needed for a long time. I think Belichick and um, and McDaniels are finally gonna do it. And I think we're gonna see Cam Newton get like ten to fifteen snaps a game and be the most impactful snaps of Cam Newton's career. That's my prediction. And I'm going to put this on YouTube, and I'm going to re-air it next year when it happens because that's what's going to happen, baby. That's what's going to happen. Now he might I, come. I agree with you, man. I agree with you. I, I do think that um, he, he could very well. Stidham could really crap the bed, and he could he could be the starter too. I, I think he's a 50-50 proposition to be a starting quarterback, but he's definitely going to have an impact on this team. And think about the Patriots last year; they couldn't get a first down in these short yardage situations a lot of times. Cam Newton will get you a first down. Even if he's not the quarterback, he can come and get you a first down. So I do, I do think it actually, if if Cam Newton has it within himself, if he loses the starting job, which I say again, 50-50, maybe even 60-40, if he loses that job, does he have it within him and the ego to say, you know what, I'm going to play this role in this team and we're going to win some games? Because he could have, this really could be the most impactful signing um, of anybody that gets five to ten touches a game. And... You know, you think about that as a wide receiver. You don't think about a quarterback as a five to ten touch quarterback outside of Taysom Hill, I guess. But Cam Newton yeah. is a vastly superior Taysom Hill, a, a nightmare. And look, you could literally you can line up Stidham and Cam Newton next to each other. Like Cam Newton is basically the uh, shotgun running back, right? You could direct stab, yeah. stab to Cam Newton. You could hand the ball off to Cam Newton. 
I don't know about his hands, but you might be able to pass the ball to Cam Newton. Cam Newton could play an H-back role in short-yarded situations here and be a nightmare for defensive coordinators to match up. And again, I don't know why NFL teams have not exploited this. I know there's roster spots and everything, but you're telling me that you can't find an option running quarter, a big option running quarterback undrafted because he's not good enough to be an NFL quarterback, but he can't be your emergency quarterback? Right. I mean, that's worth a roster spot to me. This is the NFL, man. That situational um, two yards and in football is everything in these matchups. The average uh, point uh, differential in an NFL game is like seven or less. I think it's it's more like four. You're telling me that these short yardage situations aren't important enough to carry a specialist you know, quarterback that can run or pass mm-hmm. in any situation? That Tebow jump pass is indefensible. You know? Right. Cam right. Newton can do that all day, every day, every yeah. week of the season. Yeah, for sure. I love it. It's just, to me, it's about whether or not if Cam Newton loses the starting job, can he mentally handle that with what, you know, he's always wanted to be, which is, you know, superstar and what he has been? That's the question for me. Can he do it? Right. Anyway, let's talk about NBA, bro. It's about NBA. Let's do it. Let's so, do it. Look, we're not, again, this is the COVID-free zone yeah. on, on, on this episode. So, uh, but it is relevant because we're, we're in the bubble, right? Right. Um, players are quarantined. They've all been tested at this point and they're quarantining. Is that right, Sam? Yes. Yes. And they're supposed to, what, launch camp next week, is it? Some of them are already in Orlando. Awesome. Um, awesome. I know I know. the Raptors came down like a week ago, mm-hmm. and they've been in the bubble the whole time. And since, I mean, they have no uh, no issues. Um, so, and I guess reports are saying that they feel really safe there. I guess things are pretty locked down. Um, That's good. That's great. The testing and everything. Yeah, so... Um, but other teams have started practice with their teams only. Um, they're pretty much just holed up um, at their practice facilities. And I guess they're giving them checks all the time. And uh, pretty much them and their families are still quarantining. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, they all should be moving to Orlando pretty soon. Um, that is so some good. guys have you know, declined. Um, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, all the major players are, are there. Dwight Howard's still iffy. Yeah. I Um, I saw that. Yeah. So, um, that's a tough situation. I I guess he just actually think it'll be, uh, you know, that'll be kind of that with the Lakers losing Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard, two good bench players for them. Like that, that could be a, that could be a big, uh, yeah, big notch on them, but you know, it's such a that's a tough situation because I guess he just um, um, I guess he he had a kid with a, a lady who died young and he just got a six year old on his doorstep yeah. basically. Gosh, that's rough. yeah, that's rough for the kid. And now the kid now with that now Dwight Howard might have to go in a bubble or take the kid to the bubble and all that. How does that work, man? That's, I mean, I don't know. Dwight Howard's got like twelve. Kids I know he from does. Like six yeah. different people, so mm-hmm. I don't know if he's really too concerned about. Uh, like having his kids, I don't even know if he sees some of them. So I think Dwight Howard. Well, that that's what his, I was thinking because I know about right. his his I guess promiscuity, like a lot of athletes, right? right? But right, he's right, got right. a he's got a lot of kids, and and that's what I was thinking is like, does this kid did this kid even know him? Right. Yeah, I don't. I, I truly, I don't know. But you know, again, we're you and me are from Orlando. We've we've been around right. since White Howard was drafted. I mean, it's pretty well documented right. that he kind of had had some kids. You know. Right. That yeah. I'm sure he financially takes care of, but it takes a lot to be a dad. And when you're traveling in an NBA season, it's a little, a little hard to be there. 
right? So, yeah, and I mean, Dwight Howard's made his money. I don't know if he really wants to leave his Atlanta mansion um, to to go sit in a. You, you got to be a real player to really want to want to do that. You got to, you know, not yeah, just. Right. And that's always you know, been a knock. That are guys that really, really need the money because there are some guys. I bet you top-line guys that are not so good with their money yeah, right. that are really living paycheck to paycheck because they are, you know, they're stretched beyond their means. And some of these guys need the money. Um, you know, I would like to think Dwight Howard maybe doesn't need the money, but who knows? You yeah, know? he got so much, and he had sponsorship. He should be fine. I mean, he got so much. But yeah, I know what you mean. And, and that's always been the, my knock on Dwight Howard is he's never he, – He's always wanted to be kind of more goofy and lovable than a winner mm-hmm. in court. Um, and you're right. I mean, does he really have the kind of mental love right, of the right, game fortitude. for him? To- yeah, also, like, I mean, this and this was a year that he's been, like, his best. I know. He was playing. Probably the past well. five, he, like, accepted his role. He's not the main guy. He's not, you know, he's a bench guy, but brings energy. He's a big He's a good teammate. They all really like having him. He's a big help for them on their second unit down on the block, because um, the guy's still a beast. Oh yeah, I mean, Defen- goes defensively, near. hey man. I mean, he's got to be yeah. one of the top players in the league. It's just my my beef with him is that he never developed any kind of um, low post game. Uh, like he was, he was basically if he wasn't dunking, he, he, you know, he needed to get you ten dunks a game to get to twenty points. You know, yeah. he, he's never like Ewing where Ewing could just, you know, hit a shot, you know, like he was mm-hmm. Dwight Howard. never, And that's something that I'm sorry, but that's that's work. <laughs> OK, that's hard work. Well, yeah. And I mean, when you're when you're, you know, the best player on every team, yeah. you know, from 10 years old until yep. you're, you know, in an, an, an all star. Do you really ever really learn anything? You know, but he got the best out of his God given right. talents mm-hmm. and he never really had to work at things and everything else just kind of came natural to him and the stuff that he needed to elevate with the new NBA and how the game changed. And he just didn't, he didn't, he didn't put that work in. I don't think he ever had to put work in with basketball. Yeah, man. I mean, and, he I took, mean, he took the Orlando magic team to the finals along with, you know, mm-hmm. I think it was good coaching uh, back then with uh, Van right. Gundy and, I mean, he took that team to a finals with just raw talent. I mean, he could right. have been, he could have been, if he, if he had applied himself offensively, like nice precision free throws and maybe mm-hmm. a, a 10 feet and in game, which he, I, I, again, that's, that's a summer of work or two. <laughs> I mean, he could have yeah. developed it. He, he would have been a better all-time player than Tim Duncan. I really believe that. Um because I mean, he, he was getting you, he was getting you 20 and 15 a night without having any offensive skill. You know, it was oh, just, it was all it was all putbacks and locks. Yeah, I and mean, and it and, was in garbage. Things. It was incredible. It was not, yeah, and, you know, Tim Duncan's a big dude too, but you know, he worked hard and he was a really good passer. So I mean, that maybe that was a little bit of hype there. Probably not Tim mm-hmm. Duncan. Tim Duncan was awesome, but um, but I'm saying, you know, like he could have been in that that top level of all time right. talk easily. You know, right? And just right. you know, never. So that as a as a Magic fan, that always kind of disappointed me. Is that I, I would have liked to have seen more, but you know. He was one of the top players in the NBA. He took his team to the finals, and he did it his way. So, um, you know, good for yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, Magic, Magic. I mean, uh, uh, Ewing was on the coaching staff, mm. and they were yeah. trying to get him to work. You know, and Ewing has said like Dwight just didn't care. Yeah, like I would try to teach him moves and go over stuff, and he was like, 
Dwight was just a big goofball. So I think for, you know, a guy like Dwight to really have to give this, um, you know, this commitment to be stuck in this place when he could be at home, I just don't think it's something maybe he wants to do. And I get the story about his kid and all right, that. Right. Um, I would, I would like to think that that's really his reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I, I, I second guess that, man. Mm. Well, we've yeah. we've we've had the benefit of a little bit more local coverage. Um, yeah. So you know, I think that's yeah. a fairly justified opinion, frankly. Just yeah. You know, uh, Zion, man. So I've been banging on Zion um, because, <laughs> again, talking about work and and everything, I've been saying, look, Zion, he's a little bit to me like he's not taking care of his body the way I would want him to be taking care of it. And we actually talked a couple weeks ago on the show about. Okay, well, what's he been doing the off season? I said, is he is he doing bicep curls with uh, with ice cream jugs or is he doing them with weights? And I don't know, right? And you said, nah, I'd like to. Th-, you said, I I'd like to think he's been been you know putting the putting the time and putting the work in, and getting himself in shape and everything. And you texted me a picture right before the recording, and dude's in some shape, right, buddy? Yeah, he looks good. I mean, he's still like a little too muscle bound. Yeah, for me. Um, but, but there's not a know, lot you can do about that. There really isn't. Yeah, some of it I think is just he's ballooned up. You know, um, he's just he's just a big dude. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think even even at you know cutting weight, but he looks good. He doesn't look uh, so fluffy. Uh, looks more trimmed down and defined. Um, Less than ten percent like body said, fat. I think I think the way that the NBA is set up to have these teams in with especially the Pelicans <laughs> in there. They definitely did their research to be like, hey, listen, we're not going to have, you know, Zion come on TV looking like he's been in quarantine, like, you know, uh, just pounded. At a Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to do that because they know that would be the talk of hmm. the the quarantine stuff. It would be like Zion's fat, Zion's fat, Zion's fat. And Remind me, who's that, who's that ex-Phoenix son? That couldn't get on top of his weight. He was he was really good. Oliver Miller. Oliver Miller. Yeah, yeah man. I, that that's that's always the thing. And what you said but is like. But if you look at pictures of Oliver Miller now compared to some of the guys that are in the league, like you're like, oh, Oliver Miller oh, really? wasn't that far. Yeah, like towards the very very end, he was huge. But but like even people call like Charles Barkley like fat like during his career. Now you see some guys and you're like. I mean, Charles Barkley wasn't that fat. No, like, yeah, I agree. I agree with you that. You know, like, they just used to always make, and he would make fun of himself. But, like, if you look at stuff, I'm like, that guy was athletic. and Athletic, yeah. He didn't know, strike right. me. You're right. You're right. Because that was his reputation. But I look, I watched, you know, all these old games and highlights. Right. And I'm and, like, I'm like, yeah, he was just kind of big. Yeah. But, like, he wasn't, like, I never thought he was, like, super tubby until, like, his, you know, Houston Rockets days. But, um you know, like Philadelphia Charles was oh yeah was unbelievable. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean Phoenix Charles was unbelievable, but Philadelphia yeah. he was another another beast. So Charles Barkley, yeah, yeah, I mean I think the NBA definitely did their due diligence and we're like, hey, listen, what's he looking like? Like, yeah. are we gonna have Zion come here and be a story about how big Zion is? You know, and Zion doesn't want that. Everyone that's in that organization says the kid works hard. That's good. He's doing all the right things. I mean, the kid's 19. Um, I think he's still – he's always had some baby fat on him. I think they got to get him a full year of having the right people with him, Mm -hmm. nutritionist and all that stuff. And then he's also got to – you know, I mean, we were all 19, 20, and, I mean, this 
crap we ate then, you know, it's like just kind of what you do at that time. And some of that you can burn and some of it you can't. And then you learn when you can and when you can't. You know so. what? And I'm, I'm 37. I still deal with it. But, you know, what, what <laughs> I said all along, and you made a great point, and you made this point too kind of when he was taken out. My point all along is he is young. Um, he hasn't had proper nutritionist, proper um, conditioning and all that stuff. Well, now he's a professional athlete, and it's mm-hmm. your job now to be in the best shape that you can be for your organization. And so my question on him and I think it was a fair question, was like, mm-hmm. is he going to do the appropriate things now that he has this stuff at his disposal? And I'm so glad for the NBA and for the Pelicans fans that he definitely did. Um, I'm right. not going to say he proved me wrong because I, I really I didn't know. But this year to me and, and what I thought was going to be the NBA offseason, but of course we basically got that offseason months early, um, uh-huh. was my question was, are you going to use that time off to your advantage? And he definitely has, which shows me more than Dwight Howard ever showed me in Orlando is that right. you put the time in to, to take care of, of yourself. And I think he's going to be even better. Now, you mentioned something, though, that concerned me because I had the same exact thought as when I saw his body. I'm like, this dude is muscle. Like, he's full of muscle. And mm-hmm. so you know, you and me know a guy. Um, we've had him on the show, I think, once before we kicked him off the show. Gooch Givens. He's about 5'9". He is um, about, what do you think, maybe like 175, 180, yeah, right? Yeah, that's it, yeah. And I would yeah. say about 60 pounds of that is calf muscle, right? <laughs> and yeah. if, you, if, if he runs in a straight line, I have never in person seen a faster guy than that. Straight in a line, right. just boom, takes off. He's like, you know, um, a Tesla, man, zero to 60 and nothing. Mm-hmm. You ask him to make a cut, there's about a 35 to 40% chance that he's going to shred his ACL because he's got so much damn torque with those 80-pound calf muscles that, that – what does he – I know he has one ACL. Has he torn two? I thought he had two, but uh, I can't he's recall. He's got like an MCL yeah, okay. issue and the other one, but he tore it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, They're shredded, man. He can't, he can't do any kind of – any kind of cutting or anything, you know. He's got like his dad. Ha- his dad had some either. issues yeah. with that too. All right? of think... them. They've all they've all torn their ACL. And it's because they're they're genetically predispositioned to have about ninety five to one hundred pounds of calf muscle and about forty pounds <laughs> everywhere else. And uh, like and the, and and the point I'm making with Zion is you're so top heavy, and we saw him rip a shoe last year, mm-hmm. and. You still got that. I mean, you're, he's shredded. Don't get me wrong, but you still got that same BMI. I hope that. And I'm, I'm, I. Let me say this: if if the Pelicans told him to, I'm sure he would. I hope the Pelicans are telling him, "Hey, man, get into some of that pliability stuff, and let's yeah, let's get those knees bendy. You know, take your right. take your fish oil supplements because at this point, he's he's everything you want him to be, and the only thing that gets him in the way is maybe instead of ripping a shoe into pieces, he rips you know, uh, a meniscus or something like that. You know, you don't, you don't yeah. want that. He's got so much torque and so much strength. That's what I'm concerned about now. Um, but again, I mean, I, I think that's a good problem to have just getting that yoga brother. You know what I'm uh, saying? Yeah. He's got to get in the yoga and he's got to do the LeBron James million dollar a year on his body. Yeah. I mean, you have to, I mean, he's making a crap ton just from his Jordan deal. And I mean, if you want to keep that stuff going and you want to keep playing, it's he's got to, he's got to get bendy and, you know, almost teach himself kind of how to run different because he's very pigeon toed. Yeah, yeah. So he's pigeon toed. He's got a lot of torque. You know, he's his legs are. I mean, definitely his calves, his legs. You know, and the same thing with Gooch. You know, your calves to quad ratio. 
sometimes is not, you know not to say yeah you got you got bigger calves than quads something's up yeah, there you're gonna shred I mean, something Gooch is like that i mean he's got strong legs like all around yeah but i know his calves like i mean he's a military guy he's in he's in great shape probably i mean way better probably than both of us and we're in decent right. shape too i mean it, it, but the dude has got he's he's 90 percent calf about right. you know nine percent rest of the body and one percent brain right <laughs> most definitely yeah yeah and that's and that's and that's spotting him a couple of percentage points. Yeah, that's that. giving that's giving him some. <laughs> <laughs> good old good old Gooch. When you want to avoid COVID talk, let's just rip on Gooch a while. What else? Yeah, I'll yep. make sure because I know he's not listening anymore. So we'll make sure to rip this out in YouTube and send it to him. <laughs> you notice I said zero percent crotch, right? <laughs> I didn't factor that one in. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of crotch. I didn't even I didn't even mean for that to be a segue. I'm dealing with this is the personal story that might put put some people off. But I think if you stuck with us this far, I think you deserve to know. I've been dealing because I hey COVID like Zion baby. I'm I'm out there working out. I'm running, running six miles a day, going out doing some powerlifting, trying to trying to knock off you know some of the extra pounds like like a Zion. I like to to mold myself <laughs> after a Zion, and I have um, developed a uh, scorching case of jock itch. And um, I am happy to say that, um, look, I've been taking the creams, bro. I've been taking the creams, okay? Creams ain't working. What I found out is that um, creams lock in the moisture. If, if you're out there and you're dealing with jock itch, this segment's for you. You're locking in the, moi- uh, the moisture, and uh, that just only, even if it's, if it's jock itch killing stuff, you're locking in the moisture, and that's just helping the underneath the skin stuff flourish. That's not what you want. So here's the deal. I went and listen. I bought this book. I bought this ebook from this somewhat sketchy website. I wasn't sure if this is a, a real thing or I was just given twenty dollars to you know somebody in the middle of nowhere like uh, Siberia with uh, Jokic. Um, you know somebody somebody out there just taking my money, and I'm like I'm so desperate. I can't get this thing to go away. I wake up in the middle of the night and scratch everywhere down where you don't want to be scratching. Front and back, it's awful. And I'm like, it, there's this thing, and uh, it, it's jockitchkiller.com, okay? And I'm going to give this guy a plug because in two, <laughs> he says immediate results is what he said, and I never believe any of that. But I'm thinking if there's one tip in here for $20 that I could take with me for the rest of my life, I will do it. Literally a day and a half later, like it, lots of results. I'm not going to say it's gone yet because it's been about three days. But it, this is like usually like a, a long time. This has been a recurring issue. Boom, done. So I will say that um, the key for everybody, as you know, is a lot of showers and keep everything dry and do your best not to scratch. That's the basic tenant. But if you have the issue, I'm giving this person a free plug on a pretty strong podcast here because I am just so pleased that I can sit down and nothing hurts when I sit down and I can get through a podcast without feverishly scratching my crotch and my butt. So there you go. I, I believe that I'm getting the website right. It's like Jock Itch Killer, but put that into Google or something. And there's going to be a long-form sales letter. It says it's $40, marked down to 19 That's all marketing crap. But what I will say is I bought the book, and then it didn't get there immediately. So I emailed the person. I'm like, I just paid 20 bucks and I still itch is basically what I was thinking to myself. <laughs> And I, I paid the twenty bucks, and then uh, and then I immediately emailed their support. And I'm like, when am I going to get my money back and all this stuff? Well, wouldn't you know it? Um, you know, about five hours, six hours later, um, the uh, the stuff comes. I change up my routines. I change up some of the stuff. 
Two days later, no symptoms in the front. Still got a little symptoms in the back. Still got a little. I say we cut this person and charge ten book ten bucks for the thing. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. The, the same. <laughs> given, given again, non-COVID, but given where I am financially and where this podcast is financially, because we don't have any sponsors, um, I was thinking, hey, you know, maybe, maybe I could clean this book up and make it a little bit better. But I'm so, I'm so pleased with this purchase that I would never do that because this guy may have may have changed my life. But we're three days in, so I'll give everybody. You know, I, I, Sam's getting the daily the daily updates. Yeah. Um, Sometimes hourly. Sometimes hourly. Sometimes <laughs> hourly. Because there's multiple bathing, you know, yeah. bathings a day. So uh, you got actual man. bathings. Yeah, man. Like I have to sit in a cold tub, decrease the temperature of the ecosystem down there. Make sure yeah. you know it's summer, man. You just get. I burn a little bit hotter. Just some areas of your body, man, and carry sweat. Get a little swampy. Yeah, I get a little swampy. That you know it. You're in Orlando, man. That's, yeah, that's bro. pure swamp. It's it, Orlando is a swamp, literally. Swamp ass all the time. Man. All the time, just, man. As soon as you walk outside. And you you were a mechanic for years and years too. Were you yeah, working bro. basically out there? Yep. Did you you've had to have dealt with some of that at some point in your life? I've had it like once. This is my second time. I, I had it once as a teenager, but I think that I put on – this is the only time in my life I did this. I knew it was foolish at the time I did this. I bought a pair of workout shorts from Target, and then I usually just wash everything that I get immediately. But for some reason, A, I didn't wash them, and B, I wore them without like underwear underneath. Yeah. And then like the next day, I had jock itch. So somebody out there – this is a vicious prank. Okay, this is a vicious prank. If you have a really rabid case of jock itch, go to Target or Walmart, whatever you got near you, take off your boxers, put on all the tight workout shorts in the store, try them on, don't buy any of them. That's a ticking time bomb. Or if you want to get somebody back and you have a scorching case down there, and you're living with a roommate, and he's pissing you off. When he's gone, just you know, put that on, go commando, do that. some lunges. I know that's your that's style. <laughs> I lived with you. I got. I, I I live with you. I don't even want to know what you did when I wasn't. I around. didn't do anything to you. Ah, uh, yeah. Let's not even get into it. <laughs> let's not even get into it. I believe that. I believe. I believe it's you the would. Statute the statute of limitations is <laughs> not has not been lifted yet. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Not so my anyway, Moments, hey, that's but, a that's a PSA. That's a PSA yeah. for anybody out there who deals because nobody talks about it, right? It is yeah. a it is a funny issue. It's not funny to me when I wake up at seriously twelve thirty like I did last night. I woke up at twelve thirty, and it it felt like it felt like I can't even describe it. Um, it felt like there was an ant crawling on my bee hole. Okay, and I just could not. Like it was couldn't like get the, couldn't get the guy. I couldn't, couldn't get it. It was just <laughs> circling around the rim, like a Steph Curry from forty feet, just curling around that rim. Is it going in? Is it going out? But it's curling around that rim. It was brutal. And so I wake up at twelve thirty, and um, and uh, I was Sam. I was up from from twelve thirty to four a.m. because you can't scratch. If you scratch it, you're basically hitting the reset button. Yeah, I thought you said this was getting better, though. This was last night? It is getting better. Oh. That's better. Oh, it was worse? <laughs> yes. It was worse. So I was up from 1230 to 4. Because usually what I would do is I would just wake up and, like, you know, hammer Smash down there. It. But I'm yeah. making the commitment to myself. I told my wife. I said, I am just – I'm going to be working 20 hours a day and sleeping four hours a day. And she goes, well, maybe you can take a nap during the day. And I said, I think I can do that. 
think I can do that. And I'll wake up with, you know, that ant doing its <laughs> doing its thing. <sighs> My gosh, it's brutal. It sucks. If you've never had it, just say a prayer and thank God that you haven't because it's awful. And wash and wash your shorts from Target. Wash it. Take a second shower from me in the summer. In the Illinois, Chicago. It's been a little sticky, a little hot. Into the nineties, into the nineties with humidity. It's not as bad as Florida, but uh, it's better. Well, know. someone's going around the uh, Chicago area targets trying stuff on. <laughs> I would never do that because I'm, you know, I'm a big karma guy, yeah. so I would never do that. Yeah. But I'm telling you, somebody in uh, 1999, I was a 17-year-old. Somebody in that uh, in that area. Brought some shorts home. They had jock itch. Returned the shorts without washing the shorts, and uh, and gave me jock itch. And it would not shock me if that initial infection has just been <laughs> festering for years and it manifested itself again. I thought I had Sam. I thought I had herpes, with no sexual contact. Come on, I was seventeen. <laughs> I was seventeen. It was me and seventeen year old. I had no sexual contact. Yeah. Um. And I was I was mortified that I uh that I had herpes. <laughs> that that the that the Target shorts gave me herpes. That was my bit or gonorrhea. <laughs> Because you know me. I thought it was herpes oh, or gonorrhea. Yeah, I thought I had yeah, a year to live. There. You went there, yeah, for sure. And so I went to the you're, doctor. You are, you are your mom's son. You yeah, definitely I know. went there. I went to the doctor, and I was just like, I didn't, I didn't. And the doctor's like, do you have any sexual activity? No, no. I didn't touch anybody. But the Target shorts. Target shorts touched somebody. Give me herpes and gonorrhea. Am I going to die? The guy's like, dude, put some freaking cream on it you want a freaking xanax <laughs> yeah this doctor my pediatrician doctor's sitting there you know i had my pants around my pants around my ankles sitting there looking it's like yeah yeah god bless doctors too because you know if i'm a 40 year old going to medical school i don't want i want to look at some 17 year olds <laughs> Red, red crotch, freaking out about gonorrhea and herpes. You got first of all, you got to treat the thing. It's like an, like the, so like mundane of a thing. It's it's like a one week thing with the cream, um, and uh, and then you got to talk the guy off the ledge. Like, have you had any sexual contact? And you you know you know when the doctor asked me if I've had any sexual contact, you know he already knows the answer to this question. <laughs> have you had any sexual contact? Like it's debatable at this point, and I'm 37. And he's, he's asking me, have you had any sexual contact? He's already checked the no box off on his form, you know, those folders. He's already mm-hmm. like, now everybody's on, on computer, and so you can hear the N-O. You can hear the two, the two <laughs> keyboard, N-O. Um, but, you know, back then you actually had the check mark, and, uh, and he's already checked off the no for sexual contact, but he's, he's morally and, and I guess maybe even legally obligated to ask the question. I wonder what would have happened if I had lied and been like, yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, come on. Look at he me. still would have said, yeah, it's mm-hmm. Jokic. <laughs> he would have given me a... Okay. Really? What's her name? <laughs> yeah, what's your What's her name? Does she live in this county? <laughs> um, it was summer camp. It was summer camp up in uh, you know, the Adirondacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lake want to touch me? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think we've lost everyone. I hope point. so. I hope so. I might feature this one on YouTube just so everybody knows what's going on. The doctor's like, mm-hmm. Put some cream on it and chill the F out. 
Yeah, man. My poor doctor now, because I still have like that. Like every time I, every time I have a sore throat, I think I have, you know, coronavirus. Every time I, uh, like every time I have a little tickle in my throat from uh, from from allergies, it's like take my temperature and all that stuff. But do I have, do I need to go to the other bedroom and quarantine myself and all that stuff? It's like I probably already had it because I had the flu from hell earlier this year with all the symptoms including like the the worst um what are they the chills they call them ry- rigors or something like that they're the really nasty chills i had that i couldn't breathe for a month like you know and i'm asthmatic and i've had flus before i you know wouldn't shock me if i had it right but i didn't have gonorrhea and i didn't have herpes in 1999 from the target shorts so that's good target getting some free publicity Shout I've, out! I think I've I think I've lost Sam as well. Shout out to Target. Shout out to Target. There's a reason there's a red bullseye in that logo. <laughs> <laughs> ah, on that note, we got through it. Um, we said COVID uh, COVID free show, but since you stuck through <laughs> you stuck through the the hard times with me, I'm going to give you one PSA. Whatever political orientation you are. The best thing for you is to wear a mask, okay? Religiously, if you're a religious person, you don't think you should wear a mask. Biblically, it's the best thing to do. If you are um, an economist and you want to get the economy back up and running, in a lot of states, the economy already the economies already are there and we're reopening phases, the best thing you can do to protect that and to open businesses, and most importantly, small businesses, because that's what employs most of the Americans in this country, wear a mask. Let's preserve the reopening. Um, you know, if, if you, if you have loved ones and you work in, you know, close, you don't know if people have underlying health issues. That's why they're called underlying health issues. Help them out. Wear a mask. It's the best thing from everybody with every political slant. There's no good reason not to do it other than pride. And, uh, if pride, I always say pride doesn't get you paid, right? If pride is shutting down work and and keeping people out of, uh, work artificially, um, that's not good. And we don't want people on unemployment. That hurts our that hurts our spending. That's going to be more right. taxes, or it's going to be more um, loans, which decreases our buying um, power. It's just it's not good financially, it's not good physically, and it's not good uh, spiritually either. So I, I implore people with the, the limited platform that we have, do the right thing. Let's get this economy back open. I would like to get a job. I would like to have sponsors on this show. We're all selfish at the end, at the core, right, Sam? But no, I mean, I, I it, the best thing for the community, everybody. I mean, we most closely resemble Brazil. I mean, is that no offense to Brazilians out there, but is that is that what the leader of the free world, you know, the best country in the world, quote unquote, is, is that the barometer of success? Right. Is, is Brazil who who whose government is so bad they're begging for the dictatorship back? Come on, guys, we can do better. Come on, we can do better. This is not a political issue. Let's let's work as a community. This is the United States. This is U.S. Us. It's not America, Sam. It's not America. It's not M-E. It's us. It's not M-E. It's not America. It's us. I need to get eat some lunch, man. I'm getting out of it. I'm, get, I'm getting uh, off on tangents. Everyone be good. Welcome be good. Functional sports are Sam and Sean, too, they beat. Sports in real life. They got real lives. Better tune in every week. Don't miss the podcast. Touch your mic, get put on blast And you know just what we call it Functional sports and holly Yeah 
Yo, sport addicts with real lives. Talking about real life, they real nice. Going cray on the Netflix late nights. And they build an NBA, keeping the game tight. Repping the 407, Old Town. And nine fours when they met, now they hold it down. Talking life, talking real social issues. All lighthearted, so don't bring your tissues. And don't talk stupid, cause Sean might lose it. You love sports, this podcast strikes like Cupid. Taking road trips, why not just for kicks? Sean going global, you know why? YOLO. And don't get him started on Gooch Givens. They here to spit knowledge, no time for the dishes. Aging like a fine wine, sipping in the kitchen. Gray in the beard, got wisdom, so listen. Functional sportsaholic, Sam and Sean, who they be. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week, don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast.